Thanks for tuning in to today's Horsewoman podcast. Our show explores women in the horse industry as they share their dreams, challenges, successes. What drives these women? Well, let's find out. Good morning. This is Rose Cushing, and I'm the hostess of the Today's Horsewoman podcast. And we're really excited today. Our guest is Lynn Palm. And as you guys know, Lynn Palm is a many, many times over world champion in just about every discipline of horsemanship that there is. So, Lynn, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. Tell us a little bit about you. What have you been up to? A little bit about me. Well, um, a new chapter of my life. Uh, I uh, we sold our uh, beautiful uh, horse farm and uh, the facility that we host all our education programs in Ocala last year. We're a year away from that, and so it's kind of started a new chapter for us. It, it's like, well, do we retire or do we not? And our answer is both. My husband Cyril and I said, "How can we retire of doing work that we love to do?" Right. So um, now, uh, still, of course, I still love judging. He doesn't judge, but we both, of course, teach and coach. And um, we're just feel like we're just doing it to give back and try to grow. Right now, my my mission is to grow the Western dressage discipline. Try to marry the ranch riding enthusiast with it. It's it's a great community of people. They love their horses. They understand a horse going in, in a in a correct way in a western saddle, the ranch horse do people. The the gates are forward. They're energetic. They cover ground. Horses are in an uphill balance. Ears are forward. All of those things are credited, and that's the same thing that we want want with our horses in western dressage. That's wonderful. Yo, oh, I've been doing that. That's number one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, along with that. Um, let me just tell you something that Marie Francis Davis, who also works with the team of my husband, Cyril Pichon, Rosalone, and myself, uh, she, she came up with the idea of having an event called Winning Ways. And we tried it last year. We did three uh, events, and it worked really well. So we're doing seven this year. We have two more left. And um, uh, we, it is a competition education event. So we have a Western dressage competition on Saturday. Marie puts it on. I judge the event. And on Sunday, we work with 10 riders that want to grow their scores. So we're trying to grow the sport and help people grow their scores in competition. And then, uh, so any low scores that they get in their test, I address it, give them tips um, on how to improve their scores according to my comments and so forth. So people love that. Yeah. And then uh, then after that, we have a two-day clinic. So we work with all levels. And um, again, that's where we're getting a good mix of the ranch enthusiasts wanting to advance their horses on their own. They're using the dressage uh, scale to uh, go up the, the, the levels and the tests. And it's kind of a great self-training, self uh of improving skills discipline so people are loving it in that regard sure that is such an exciting um competition to do because you know it it proves it's not about winning it's about getting better so that is absolutely fantastic absolutely exactly and on top of it we just did the first aqha and wdaa approved Western dressage show in Europe, and it was in Siena, Italy. Nice. And it was extremely well received. 
And the Italians love it. They want it back again next year. And it's going to go to other countries. Just give it a little time. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> it already is. But yeah, I think WDAA has 11 different countries um, participating in their um, online championship show. So that's become a very, very popular thing with the Western dressages, the online competition. Wow. So that's brought in the other countries easily. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, it's good to see Western dressage growing and, and you putting a lot of effort into growing it because it is such a beautiful sport. And everybody that rides Western will really benefit from it. It's, it's, it's the foundation for all disciplines. And, you know, it's my foundation as an all-around trainer, and that was what I was best known for. And I still ride the exact same today as I did 50 years ago. Right. Growing up in the our saddle, I rode no different if I was in a Western saddle. Right. So all my multi-disciplines that I was successful with is because I had the good foundation of horsemanship, and that's what dressage is, training and and riding horses correctly. But the best part also is that it brings a great community of people who love their horses. And those are the people I want to be around. Yes. And they want the longevity of their horse. And they, they like to see them develop. And they, they like to see the progression happen. And, and they're patient because it does take time. It's a sport. And they do it at the level that they want to do it at or can do it at. So it's, right. it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, Western dressage is such a great basis, whether you're a trail rider or whether you're a heavy ranch competition or you actually ride regular dressage. I mean, it's a good foundation, right. like you say. Yeah. Because yep. So then I had, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm just going to say that also in this new chapter, and it goes along with giving back, is my last three wonderful schoolmasters that we used in all our programs in Ocala at Fox Grove Farm that we sold, which I'm disappointed. I still miss it so much. But anyway, they are at a beautiful um, private Christian Catholic school, and they have an animal program. And, of course, horses is the highlight. And when the school's not going on in the summer, they have camps. But it's used throughout the whole city of Tampa for exposing kids to animals and horses. Wonderful. And I just got... Um, uh, and also my mini is there, Mr. James Bond. Aww. They love him. He highlight because uh, they decorate him all the time. <laughs> and get the cards that I just got from them uh, from summer camp just ending and seeing these little kids and thanking me for um, having my horses there that they could learn from and, and love and all the wonderful things. I mean, it just, that really comes, gets to your heart. I can tell you that. That's a, a wonderful chapter of life to get into is appreciating that. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, grow, yeah. growing the children is our future. So teaching them to love horses is, is important. It is. Yeah. So are, where are your clinics going on and where are you based out of now? Well, right now um, we have done um, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Italy, of course, um, uh, Ohio. We're doing next and Texas. And we've got one more, and don't ask me where, but it's somewhere. It's on our website, limpalm.com. Okay. All righty. <laughs> um, but, um, and we've got two, two, uh, two coming up in the next, the last weekend of, of August in Ohio and in Texas. And so really looking forward to those areas. And we will continue next year. We'll probably do the same amount. And we may go to other locations and develop it uh, in a little bit more of an event because I've teamed up with the Dressage Foundation, and 
Um, I've developed, I think, since um, I think we're in our fifth year now, a fund for Western dressage enthusiasts for education. And people can either apply for a grant to do clinics, a symposium, camps, lectures, or they can apply for grants for individual education to go to someone's clinic or to get more lessons from someone or travel money to go to the world show or whatever it may be. So um, we may do some fundraisers with that next year, or I might just put all the proceeds to that foundation for those things. That's so fantastic. that's another fun chapter that we're doing in, in my life. Yeah. The Dressage Foundation is amazing to work with. And, and of course, you know, they're, they, they started with traditional dressage, and I'm the first one to step up with doing um, uh, educational grants for the Western enthusiasts. So um, it's all good. They're, they're wonderful people to work with, and I've learned so much working with them. So it's, it's been a win-win all the way around. Definitely. It's so nice. Yeah. You know, I, I know how hard it is to retire because my son keeps saying, aren't you ready to retire, Mom? And I, I keep saying, well, son, I'm just, get, you know, ramping up. I to me, this is retirement. I do three podcasts and I publish books now, you know, but I did give I'm up. Outside right now, if we could. I, know, I did give up the TV show and the expo, so I feel like I'm retired. That's right. Not so much travel, but still enjoying the industry and people and giving back, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I think it gets in your blood. You can't, you can't not do it. Yes, of course. Why not? And especially when it's the little kids and you can touch their hearts and you know that they'll remember the experience for the rest of their life. Come on. You can't ask for anything better than that. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And we also got a future star award. Uh, it's called, um, my mentor signed that, uh, for a graduation present she gave me out of high school, called me a future star. And we've got an award at the WDAA, the Western Dressage World Show for the high scoring youth and all levels this year. Oh, nice. Intro to third level. So they all have a chance to go for some money in their classes that, uh, is going to uh, make them smile. I can tell you that. <laughs> you know it will. You know yeah, it will. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I understand so, you've written a book. Uh, yes, we've got one coming out in a few days. I think they, they said it's September 11th, but who knows with the foreign countries and China and shipping and boats and yeah. cargo and that, that whole world. Uh, anyway, it's soon. Um, yes, and it's uh, finding your own super horse, and it's uh, uh, a lot. It's kind of a, a bio about my fifty plus years in the horse business, and I hope it's inspirational and a lot of wisdom to to young people in the industry of experiences I've had because I I certainly shared what I got out of it, and um, and then also um, how horses influenced those things with different things that I did with horses that. I hope people will do it with their own. That'll help them build the longevity of the horse and uh, to build their own super horse. Absolutely. So, so it's it's really going to be uh, unusual, but a really fun book. Um, so I'm hoping it's one that uh, you, you one likes to read from cover to back, and then you put notes in there of exercises you want to go back to with a little tab saying you know what that's for, and and have a good reference book. Absolutely. So, you know, it's a little educational, a little bit bio, but it was fun to do. I got to uh, 
work with one of the um, owners of the Trafalgar Square Book Company. Um, they're just uh, wonderful people. I've worked with them before, only with educational books. But uh, Marie Francis is also a big part of the book because a lot of the information in the book is what she did with our 50th anniversary on social media. Nice. And she put out, um, I see it in different ways now, she put out um, information um, on social media uh, three days a week, like where, where we were on Wednesday or uh, Saturdays, I don't know, something. She'd have a little saying with each of one of them. And um, anyway, she had a, she went 365, I mean, 52 weeks a year and three days of those weeks, she put out information about something in my career or business. Cool. And uh, so anyway, th those were easy for the writer then to, you know, take a lot of that information that Marie had already done and really make it a, a wonderful 50 year story of, of, of um, someone, a, a lady in the horse business right. and having fun and successful. And does what's to share the story? <laughs> does your book talk about Rugged Lark? Oh, yes, of course. I would think. He was my <laughs> boyfriend, of course. I know. I mean, he was such an amazing creature. You guys were magic together. I know. And he taught me so much. Yeah. A lot of the horse tricks in what Rugged Lark taught me. Right. And it was funny. I was watching uh, the other day um, the horse racing channel, and they were interviewing a jockey. And it was interesting. I guess he's one of the winningest jockeys in Saratoga, New York. And, and he was a young guy and he was full of, just full of good vibes. You know, he just, he seemed to have a halo around him and he's had a lot of success and was very humble with it all and very professional. And, um, I just, um, uh, I forgot where I was going with my story with that, but I just really appreciated that's, you know, that that's what horses can do for us. And when, I know what he said. He said one particular horse, what was his most favorite horse or that, and he said the one that taught me the most and he named the name and I forget the name, but he rattled it right off. And of course the interviewer knew exactly the horse like Rugged Lark in our world. Right. Um, and uh, so, you know, he was saying what that horse taught him. So, you know, the great horses or any horse, any horse, can teach us something if we just knew how to listen to them. And that's the, that's the fun part. That's the part of, you know, knowing that the creature, the animal, his instincts, his behaviors, his natural behaviors, his, his um, habits that, you know, are going to be there. Some horses important, some it isn't, uh, but how to manage them and, and, and get along. And, you know, then when it comes to the athlete, uh, that's another been of of keeping them sound and how and and managing what you're doing and how you're developing them so you don't break them down right you know you might have things along the way as you're developing a horse just you're always being the best bringing out the best in the horse so yeah. that's where you know your team players is your blacksmith and your vet and uh your your mentor um instructor coach all of that it becomes a good team if you're going to Make a great horse. Absolutely. Yeah, super horse. So what's left on your bucket list? Well, that's a good question a lot, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of left because I have a lot of things I want to do. Um, you know, uh, really, um, right now, as I'm enjoying now traveling, I've got the time now to spend to go see people that I've, 
you know, again, here's the horses. I've got friends all over the world, and now I've got the time to go visit them and go to see the area that they live in and and appreciate another destination in the world that is magical, you know. And again, those horses is what's magical that put those things together. So definitely travel is in the uh, cards. Um, still with horses or without, or my best is like, you know, where we went in Italy, um, the horse people, it's a, it's a beautiful community and region of a lot of people that have American quarter horses. They love that horse and, and to do ranch discipline and dressage and reining, they were all about it. Right. So, uh, those kind of things I always want to keep developing for sure. Um, you know, I, uh, I, you know, just doing what feels good. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be in a, a lifestyle that I can, I can choose that and, and, um, just be, continue to be smart in what you're doing. I'm, I'm remodeling my vintage barn. Nice. Um, I have two stalls only, which my, the, where I'm living right now used to be, well, I grew up here, but this is where I used to take the horses from Ocala and have private training. So it's close by the beach and it's a beautiful destination. Uh-huh. And so I, I, I'll have two horses. I, I do have one. I do have a young horse. I bought a ranch horse that will be that, which he's, um, gonna, has competed already and will also this fall in ranch. And then I will also do the Western dressage with. And then, um, I have been leasing a beautiful, um, Lusitano. I like them really grown to like the Spanish breed of horses. Yes. I like their temperaments, their gates. Um, are easy to ride. I want easy, and I would really like to still compete and do the FBI levels, the pre-St. George, mm-hmm. the Intermediate 1 and 2, and the Grand Prix. So uh, if I need to buy, I've been looking, but I haven't found anything, and I've leased a beautiful horse that knows more than me, and um, so I'm at that present right now, and if I could do that, that's really on my bucket list. Right. And then last, when I can't ride and compete, well, I can still compete, but when I, at the point where I'm not riding, I'd really like to get into combined driving. Oh, I know. Uh, for that would be. Or hobby or competition or be around it, that's another beautiful community of people I really have gotten to touch with, and, and I really appreciate the driving and, and, that, and that community of people. They're really neat people. Absolutely, and it looks like it would be so much fun to do. I know. Yeah, we did a event, the one that we did in, um, oh, I know what, we also did an event in Massachusetts, and the one we did in Massachusetts, the owner that hosts the, the event, she did combined driving. So when we got done with the show on Saturday, um, we they had a, um, a a nice cookout, and then she hooked up, they hooked up a pony and a horse, what, her horse that she competes with, and we went all over her property, which is like 100 acres right in the middle of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. An hour from Boston. Wow. Wow. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. The countryside, like in the Northeast, was amazing. That close to the coast and everything, or a big city. Yeah. That's one busy area, the Northeast. I know. I would never <laughs> Me either. <laughs> Me either. North Carolina works really good. <laughs> yeah, I North Carolina. As far north as I want to go. Well, Virginia, I like Virginia, too. That's so pretty there. But yep. anyway. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Well, I have one last so one. I think, Go ahead. One, yeah, Go. one more really good question. Okay. Yes, what is it? Hey, y'all. This is Lonnie from Mule City Specialty Feeds located in Benson, North Carolina. It's almost springtime. Is your horse blooming? Does your horse have a shiny coat and healthy hooves? 
How much extra time and money are you spending mixing supplements in the feed room when you could be enjoying your horse in the arena or out on the trail? Then look no further. Mule City Specialty Feeds has a line of equine feeds that delivers maximum nutrition. From your performance horse to your weekend trail horse, our line of maximum nutrition equine feeds offers five different complete balanced formulas that will take you out of the feed room and into the saddle. In addition to equine feeds, we also offer complete feeds for your barnyard pets and livestock. For more details, visit our website at mulecity.com, follow us on Facebook, or give us a call at 1-800-587-9229. And don't forget, Mule City delivers. Um, the horse industry is a hard place to make a living. And what advice yeah. would you give to women coming into our industry how to be successful and leave their mark? Right. Well, you know, that's exactly me as a young person. And first of all, you have to be absolutely dedicated to every facet of what would be um, involved in whatever you choose in the horse industry. It doesn't have to necessarily be a trainer. I mean, the trainer was always the highlight, you know, of, of the equine industry, but it's not today. There's so many different paths that one can go in, of evolved around the horse and still have horses in your life for a lot of different ways. But as a professional, whatever you do with the equine sport is, is that you totally have to be passionate and dedicated. That's number one. And that will shine on you. But number two, to be different. And where I was different, very fortunately, I was growing up and didn't realize it in the dressage saddle making me different. And dressage in the late 60s or the 60s and early 70s was just starting in the United States, coming from Europe. And it was a, it was a background that was unique and people were interested in it. And that made it me be, be different. Being different, I think, is important, and finding being different right now is is even more important, especially when I was highlighting that why I'm promoting the Western Dressage and the ranch. It's, it is it is um, has a community of people who love their horses, and those people that like their horses are going to take care of them well. They want the best for them. They're going to be patient, and they're darn sure going to bring out the best in them that they can. And they're not going to be the horse as a tool. He's got his job and they want to compete and winning's everything. No, the opposite. Right. And, and, and the longevity of the horse, you know, I, I love this saying from my husband when he gives lectures, you know, horses don't give a darn about our goals at all. They want to graze all day long. Right. And when you want to participate with your horse, you better have some respect and, and want a knowledge to be able to understand and be able to get along with him in a good way that you can understand each other. And yeah, they're a big animal. They've got to respect you, and you've got to respect them too in a lot of different ways because they can't talk to us. we gotta, we got to recognize those things through all their behaviors and instincts and confirmation, form to function as an athlete and, and fitness and all those fun things that horse ownership gives to someone. Right. And I'm just mentioning a few, but yeah, you know that being different, I think, is is important. And then the next is is to defining longevity of clientele. How I found longevity, like my longest client until she stopped her breeding and stopped horses altogether because of age, was at 48 years. 
Wow. That was my longest client. Next one's 34. Next one, always 30s or, or years or longer. That Those clients always trusted me, number one, that I was going to take care of their horses 100%. And the horses were more important than my, my own self. Right. Number one. Right. Number two, I was always honest with them. And horses, you can't build a glorified picture and try to reach the stars and fall down because you can't reach there because you, you're not, don't have the knowledge, you're not telling the truth, you don't really know, and you always have to project with a horse because you can't say to the horse, hey, what would you like to do today or what do you want to be when you grow up, right? <laughs> I can't wow. tell that. So it's the professional eye, it's the experienced eye, it's the horse telling us. You know, something I'm developing a horse to do, and he starts arguing with me and starts resisting what I'm doing. I better start listening. Maybe I'm going too fast, or maybe it's not the discipline for him. That's true. That's very true. So those things are what working with an, a professional, uh, it's an amateur, certainly a, a youth, um, having a coach, a good instructor, that, that makes common sense. That that. Training horses and training people should be easy to understand, but like any sport, you can't do it once in a while and be good at it. Yeah, you're going to have people that have a natural ability. However, anybody can learn to ride and, and be with horses, if, but they have to understand it's a sport and you've got a live being. So it's like having a dog in a sense that you just can't put him in a closet and close the closet and then you open it to play with him again the next day. Right. You know, you still have to have a relationship with that animal as being part of your life. Right. So that makes a different, even harder sport. But I think the thing that people don't think enough about is, geez, I really like to do horses. Once in a while, they want their, they, then they get frustrated because they're not good at it or can't do it as well as their friends or peer pressures or whatever. But, you know, I always relate that this is a sport. And I don't know any sport that you can and do it once in a while. Right. You know, so I think people have to do at least three times a week with horses. Four is better. Five and six, you're primo. You should be competing. Or, you know, you can do it before that, but just depends on the horse that you have. And keeping the horse fit and what his program is. So... It's all workable, but it's, you know, it's, it's, um, everybody's got a different story with horses and whether they're a recreational rider or they're a competitor. And those are the clientele that I've always, um, um, catered to or the breeder. Of course, when you're training horses, right. it's lovely to work with a breeder. And then, you know, everything that spins off from that is like any other common business. You've got to have knowledge in marketing, accounting, uh, management, uh, supplies, um, expenses, and how to manage expenses. Uh, uh, you got to create programs. You got to create a clientele. You got to find your target market. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Yeah. Just all the common basics of what businesses are for any business. So that all comes to play. And I had great mentors along the way, starting with my dad who was an entrepreneur with making uh, uh, manufacturing contact lenses. Oh, funny nice. enough. But yeah, so he helped me put my first brochure together. It was called, my maiden name is Salvatore. It was called Salvatore School of Horsemanship. So what I was learning in 4-H and when I was learning how to care for a horse, there was my first school in basic horsemanship. <laughs> Saddling, bridling, right. the horse accepts it. And, you know, horse mounting was standing still and, 
on and on and on and on from there. Right. Yeah. I think that's really so, good advice. Yeah. And, and the honesty, that's the biggest. Not to paint a big rosy picture, you know, because people don't know. You can get to their hearts with an animal and, you know, owners love their horses. And if you're working with an owner and their horse, whether it's instruction or training, um, you got to separate friendship that you got to build in somewhat in a relationship so they understand what you're, you're, you're saying and you're talking about and how they can make decisions or help them to. And then, um, uh, from there, it's, um, um, just being honest and how you feel about the, the horse for the owner. And it may not be what they want to hear. And sometimes they don't like what they want to hear. And sometimes they say, well, we're going to try another trainer. And you say, okay, that's fine. Please. Right. And usually those people will come back and say, we, we really liked what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The grass is not greener. <laughs> <laughs> but time is the essence. I learned from my mentor. And when it comes to training horses or building any business, but she always told me the longer you take to train a horse, the longer he'll, tr- he'll last. Right. The more you get in a hurry, the longer it's going to take you to train that horse. That makes you always got to go backwards. Yep. Get further back than where you get, went. Try to climb back up because you've messed up much. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same in business. You got to take stepping stones, but asking questions. I mean, I didn't have money. I asked questions. Yeah. I asked all the professionals when I was at a horse show. I, they were all my friends. That's one good thing about this industry. If you really want to know and, and you're serious, people will share with you. They'll teach you. And a great mentor, Tommy Mannion, he's he's amazing, amazing man. He doesn't have a good track record in a lot of ways and not honest in a lot of ways. And he got in trouble for it in a lot of ways. But he always say he had, he had his first educational event with horsemanship and riding clinic. And in the early 70s, he'd always say, I'm going to share my knowledge with you. He says, if you can do something with a horse better than I can, he says, I'm going to be the first one to come pat you on the back and congratulate you. And that's exactly how I feel. Right. Why not? Absolutely. You, you, can't, well. <laughs> you can't be perfect at everything and you and, want your students to see you. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, that's okay. That means, you know, that's, yeah. that's part of training and, and the whole ambiance of it all. So those are the kind of things that in my book that are really good sayings that I, I, I hope people that can grasp them and, and, and they can use it sometime in their life. Cause it's, it's really, uh, um, uh, it's, it's meaningful and, and it's all based around our magical horses, Rose. Yes. We're so blessed to have horses in our lives. Yes, we are, when that, without a doubt. Without well, a doubt. I've enjoyed talking to you today. Now, let's let's recap just for a second. All, okay. your, all your schedules on lynnpalm.com. That's right. And your new book is Find Your Own Super Horse, coming out about September 11th from Trafalgar Square. That's right. That's right. Exactly right. All right. That sounds really good. So everybody out there listening, you know, just remember that Lynn Palm is, is I don't know, 50-time world champion. I mean, she's amazing. And, and this is the source that you should check out to get information and grow and learn because you'll never be sorry for the money you spent with a Lynn Palm product. There you go. Let's go. All right. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thanks for being on the show, and thank you guys. Oh, for my listening. pleasure. Anytime, and thanks for what you're doing. This is the 
fantastic idea. I can't wait to get the book and uh, be a part of it. And anytime, uh, I'm a part of whatever you're doing. I'm a team player with you anytime. Thanks, Lynn. I really appreciate that. You're very welcome, Rose. And thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Our souls wander in similar places. Even though we may not know each other, we touch the same wind, we walk under the same sky, and our hearts wander in the same dreams. We are one, women just like you and me. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.